Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the fastest growing conservative evangelical charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. And as we get closer to opening up the church to more physical contact and even sharing in Holy Communion, we're trying to wean our remaining listener off this podcast. <laughs> so today I'm joined only by Ben Woolpey. Hello. Next week I'll, hello. Next week I'll just be on my own drinking a cup of tea, howling at the moon and all that kind of thing. It will not be very good if you were not here. Uh, which of us is reading? I will volunteer to, as tribute to read. I'm very, very grateful. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Katniss. All right. Mark 16, 19 through 20. This is the very end of the Gospel of Mark. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. I think it's, uh, before we look into this, it's just worth noting some unusual things like that little square brackets there at the end of Mark. And if you've got your Bible at home and you turn back a little bit to uh, the gap between verses 8 and 9, you see some of the earliest manuscripts did not include Mark 16, 9 to 20. And um, most Bibles I've seen have that little edit, edit mark. Not all of them, though. Yes. Yeah, that's right. So when we talk about manuscripts, we're talking about uh, early copies of of the Bible and early copies of books of the Bible. And uh, as a as a book was was written down, the copy would be copied and the copies of the copy would be copied and they'd be circulated and even stuck together with other manuscripts of other books. And uh, the earliest ones that we've got and some of the best ones they, they don't actually have this section. And, and so this, I think, is just the editors of, of the ESV Bible that we're using being honest, intellectually honest about the fact that the scholarly debate about whether Mark wrote this bit. Um, they will say not only is this bit missing from some of the really early manuscripts, but some of the Greek grammar looks a little bit different to mm -hmm. things Mark said elsewhere as well. Um, but your take, Ben, does that mean it's not it's not scripture it's not the bible yeah and no that is not my take <laughs> but it's interesting to note just as a as a historical note and as a as a text note of scripture the more we study the bible these uh these textual uh oddities are interesting and sometimes can be edifying uh but a lot of textual criticism in biblical scholarship has been used to try to tear down the authority of the word of God mm. rather than build it up. And, um, you know, there are some people who study textual criticism that end up losing their faith and, uh, because they realize it's all man-made. But if we trust that the Bible is the word of God for the people of God, that God has given us this scripture for, uh, the mission of the gospel going out into the world for the building up of the people of God, then we trust that he's, He's given us what he wants to give us. Right. And so I, this is canonical. This is what the church has, has said belongs in the canon of Scripture. And so we believe that this is what God wants to give us as right. his authoritative word for us. Right, because it's not primarily a letter from a man. Yes. It's a book from a God. Exactly. Uh, and there are other books of the Bible that, that do this as well, where um, there may be multiple authors or editors of, of a book. I mean, uh, the one that 
that sprung to my mind was was proverbs where mm. solomon wrote some of them but he also just stole some of them from other cultures around and compiled them and his job really was author and editor well and, and the ancient cultures thought about authorship a lot differently than we do as well right, like right. It, we think if someone didn't write the whole every single word of a piece then they were not the only single author mm. but authorship in the ancient world was viewed more communally mm. and it was very common for uh texts to be written and edited and compiled by different people so it the ancient church has said this the authorship is from god like ultimately and and written through man so it, it's a very modern way to look at it to say this is inauthentic because it might have been written by a couple different authors so in the same way that uh the New Testament church held all things in common. If on the staff team we'd held all our uh, seminary essays in common, that would have been quite nice. It would be I a think. powerhouse. Yeah, wouldn't it? Academia great. and theology. And poor jokes. It would, have been, it would have been amazing. Wow. So let's turn to the Bible. I, I'm all, Like you, I'm satisfied that this is Holy Scripture. Like many of the scholars, uh, I'm not sure if Mark wrote it, or at least if Mark wrote it at the same time as he wrote the rest. But for our purposes, what matters is that this is God's word to us. Right. And it is authoritative. It absolutely is. And it does not contradict anything yep. that we know. Um, so, verse 19. I think you've got to say all that stuff, though. I think, you I think yeah, yeah, it's helpful. All right. Which is why we've got such a short passage, and that worries me. <laughs> uh, so then, the Lord Jesus, after he'd spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. I, I mean, what strikes me about that was just sat that there's a very physical word sat down mm. the right hand of god there's a very physical image of of god yeah yeah and it's very understated too <laughs> like which is yeah. typical mark like yeah jesus after this jesus did this and then he did this and but yeah. we're That's talking right. about a man being ascended into heaven and sitting at the right hand of god which yeah is a very physical act and normally if i if i were to say ben after this podcast went up to his office and sat down at his desk that would not be an exciting sentence right but yeah. like we're saying that jesus ascended into heaven and like rose up in the sky and ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of god like there's a definitive like he took his place and mm. and that's where he still is even now is right. the implication like mm -hmm. that's where he belongs is so, at the right hand of so it's bishop jim who who said a little while ago um that means there's a man on the throne of god yeah there's a human sitting on the throne of god um or yeah or sitting down on something at the right hand of god yeah yeah the fact that humanity is now in heaven mm -hmm. and god is here on earth through the spirit in us right it's telling it's a us a complete lot, reversal it? yeah it's telling us a lot about what's next mm. yeah um i think it's really significant because there's this tendency to spiritualize things and to pull apart the spiritual and the physical um and and you know we would call that gnosticism but there are many religions that have done this that say well you know matter doesn't matter and uh, i'm going to do two things one of two things with my flesh I'm either going to just indulge it, ignore it, it doesn't matter, I'm going to do whatever I like with it because what really counts is my soul, 
or alternatively, I'm going to mortify my flesh and whip it and yeah. live off, you know, a cup of water a year and sit on a rock in the middle of nowhere. Like these two extremes. And yet what we find here is that physical things are spiritual. Yeah. And there's flesh in heaven right mm. now. Like there's yeah. a physical fleshly man flesh. with, with wounds in his hands still on the throne of God mm. in wounded heaven right flesh. now. Yeah. Perfect flesh though. Perfect, glorified, yet wounded. Still. Yeah. It tells us a lot about... That's saying a lot in there. <laughs> yeah, that's not just you going to your office. No, it's not. No, no. there's wounded human flesh enthroned. Yeah. And there's something, too, about him taking his place on the throne of heaven. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's a... And in the ancient world, too, to, to sit was, like, the place of authority. Like, right. in the king's court, the king would sit and everyone around him stands. And... Uh, the seat of authority actually implies sitting. So it's an authoritative act. Mm. So he's reigning over all things from heaven. He's And he's waiting to come down again to restore all things, to make all things new. But the fact of the ascension, like which is kind of a neglected Christian holiday, I think, it kind of gets overshadowed by... Yeah, I guess a Wednesday. <laughs> Thursday. Is it? Is it tomorrow? It's tomorrow, yeah. It's tomorrow. Today's Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Well, it's coronavirus. I've... <laughs> Days don't exist anymore. <laughs> Time is completely relative now. But uh, listening to this on Sunday, but it doesn't even get a Sunday. Yeah, it gets it's, a Sunday after Ascension. Yes, <laughs> but uh, it, Ascension does kind of tend to get crowded out in terms of the other holidays. But yeah. the Ascension means that Jesus reigns in heaven yeah. right now, yeah, and that he is uh, he's waiting to judge. All thing and to renew all things, he's interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. Mm. He's he has sent his spirit to be with us and to help us even now, which you um, see manifest. I mean, there's only two verses, but then, yeah, this power of this reality of the ascended Jesus spoken of in a matter of fact way mm -hmm. then goes on to talk about the implications in verse 20. It just says, Yeah, well, then they went out and the disciples, yes everywhere then they went out and preached everywhere so it, which gives a very strong sense of i mean these are the dudes that were locked in a room a little while ago mm -hmm. so there's a very transformative experience here yeah um and they're out and they're doing these amazing things um preaching which i think is a is an enticing form of speech that communicates a yeah news in a way that invites someone into proclaiming yeah yeah proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ while the Lord worked with them, the same Lord that mm. just left them, the Lord worked with them that's and confirmed the message by accompanying sign. Like that's what I find so interesting. Right. In these two verses, you have Jesus leaves and physically departs from them, but still is working through them actively right. presently. And that's for us even now, like the Lord working because, because through of who us he is. because of who he is, because He's ascended yes. to heaven. So it's not an afterthought and it's not just a detail that he is enthroned. Yes. This is proper. Yes. Uh, and, we're, and they're functioning in that power. Mm -hmm. And they obviously get it because they're now doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it reminds me, I mean, we just have been preaching through the Last Supper discourse in John. And mm -hmm. Jesus said, it's for your good that I go away. And he's talking about the ascension and uh, yeah. because then the spirit will come and... The Spirit is the presence of Jesus that's mm. with us. And so when we read the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message with signs, 
That's the spirit of the Lord that is with us. The same spirit of Jesus. The mm. one, you know, they're they're one God together. Um, I think John Wimber um, used to talk about power evangelism mm. and 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 the purpose of miraculous signs and wonders in confirming the reality of who God is and and the truth of our faith. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, in Acts, we always read about the miracles that the apostles performed right. were for the sake of setting up the preaching of the gospel. Yeah. And they were to, like attention grabbers, like God actually wanted to heal someone, but also out of that, there was an opportunity to pre preach the gospel authoritatively. Right. And, and so just showing off without the preaching doesn't really work. But yeah. Preaching with no visible, uh, reality of it having ever done anything is also not great yeah yeah which we commonly participate in the latter of that and sometimes wish for the former like mm. we want we want the miracles we want the miraculous signs yeah sometimes just to like confirm our own faith yeah like for me i like i would love to see god move and do something powerful through my prayers and bring healing or do something miraculous because I want to believe more mm. <laughs> like, but, and, and then I, yeah, preaching sometimes is just not accompanied by any, any visible, visible Change. manifestation of right. the spirit or the power of God. Well, except for complaints, <laughs> they don't count. No, that's, that's of another realm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I have seen some miracles and participated in some miracles and not many, but uh, I guess I only need one to make your point. <laughs> um, but and I've preached about the miracles as well. The, a, a lady who was losing her twin babies at 19 weeks and uh, the doctor said there was nothing they could do. She responded to, to that, that prayer and the babies were born full term and healthy. Mm. Uh, a lady in the women's group who who had this open wound that would not heal, and the women's group prayed and fasted, and it healed. Mm. And the doctors were were really amazed. So, those those are two examples. Yeah, there's a few other sort of lesser ones as well, but but those are two examples that are hard to explain medically. Yeah, and those those happen for the sake of the proclamation of the gospel. Yeah, and. The signs are meant to accompany the message. Mm. Uh, they go; they need to go hand in hand in, yeah. God, in God's working. Right, because if we go around preaching this stuff and there's never any indication that it's true, people will, yeah. will, will get bored and go away and think that's rubbish. Yep. I think that's right. Um, so a pastoral question to wrestle with is, what do we do when we preach this stuff? But someone else gets a miracle. Mm. You know, like my story is great, but one was two years ago and one was six years ago and no one here has experienced yeah. either. So, you know, what do we do when we preach this stuff and, and seemingly nothing happens? Yeah, and we're, you and I are, are preachers. Most people aren't preaching, um, but most people, all of us are called to witness to the gospel in our lives and mm -hmm. our relationships in word and in deed. Um, and I think we need to be putting our, we need to be having high expectations of right. God. Like 
We serve the miracle-working God, even if you have not seen miracles personally. Right. I have not seen many miracles personally, but I know that God works miracles. And I don't put my trust in the miracles. I put my trust in God. Mm-hmm. And so, it, in one sense, I I should be at, and I would love to be at the point where I'm, I can live my whole life, my whole ministry, faithfully proclaiming the gospel even if i never see any miracles or powerful manifestations of the spirit but i still trust in the god for whom like he's doing that and he does that right but i trust in him not the miracles themselves you're looking up some greek for us well yeah i am i ran across the room and i thought i got away with it (laughs) until you mentioned it to get an interlinear bible um because it um, signs is uh, semion, semion yeah. as, we, as we thought it might be. Um, I mean, there are signs of of preaching that may may not be um, as miraculous as some of those things we talked about, but we yeah. do see pastorally lots of signs that the gospel is taking root. Yeah, in homes. the the fruit of a transformed life yeah. and the fruit of people that are going deeper in their prayer lives or to. A greater understanding of the gospel and God's love for them. Mm. Um, that's a sign of the effectiveness of the gospel at work. Yes. And the spirit of God, the Lord Jesus, accompanying, uh, confirming the message with accompanying signs. So we found in our own home in, in the lockdown that Kat and I have both been driven deeper into the word. And um, are getting up a bit earlier and reading a bit more. And we've also, on balance, enjoyed it, <laughs> the, the lockdown. Yeah. On balance, it's been good for us. And I say on balance because there have been thorough irritations on a daily basis. Um, someone described having children as like constantly cleaning up after a party that you were not invited to. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's, there's myriad things. No one likes to have to, um, you know, sanitize their groceries in the garage wearing their underpants in you know 40 degree heat that's not fun either but but overall it's been really really good and i would say that there are signs of the gospel in our household Mm. um that actually have manifested more because of the really strange time that we're in Um, and i'm hungry for that for our whole church yeah and we've seen it in our church as well we can't we're not going to use private pastoral things as illustrations but um i'm aware that that i'm not the only one with that story Mm -hmm. but what do we say to someone who has had the opposite experience and pandemic has actually um you know really damaged their lives hurt them and and been ruinous financially or emotionally or yeah what have we got then to say to someone what difference I think, does it make that God's on the throne? Yeah, I think it's that Jesus is still on the throne. Mm-hmm. And it may not look like it from our standpoint here on earth, but the one who's on th- enthroned in heaven is sovereign over all things. And Right. He's and this on, is not our home. Yeah. This and is he's, not where we belong. He's on your side and he's yeah. working on your behalf even now. And God's pattern has always been to work uh, in the good and the bad and using suffering and difficulties, trials to shape us and to drive us to holiness. Right. 
So I, I think I find the fact that Jesus is on the throne because of the ascension extremely comforting. Mm. And it, it, in a time where the primary thing I've been praying for myself is endurance and just it, the day by day, you know, Lord, give me strength for this day and whatever is coming and when when every day feels the same when time feels like it doesn't exist anymore to endure with a bigger vision for what god has for me and for my life and my family mm. to know that jesus has that in hand is is helpful for me right to endure right and t two things one um this is not a home so he's going to change this world he's not going to just fix yeah. and augment this world to make it nice he's going to make a new one and two um because of who he is we can approach that throne and not yes. be afraid of it yeah um I'm, I'm going through a mumford and sons season again um <laughs> how many how many does times does that happen in a year uh 365 yeah times a year um <laughs> But there's this song, White Blank Page, and, and this obviously the lyrics will be wrong because this is me quoting them, but something like, can you kneel before the throne and say I'm clean? Mm. Uh, and there's this amazing remark of the fact that actually this, this, the throne of God is a very dangerous thing. Yeah. But we may approach it boldly and with confidence because of Jesus. I'm, I'm now quoting Hebrews badly rather than Mumford yeah. and Sons, which is... You know, probably better. They go hand in hand. I I have often thought this to be <laughs> true, but uh, I I think that's really significant. One, this naughty world, as Cramner called it, is 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 time limited. Yeah, uh, it will end. Yeah, and when it does, we're going to be safe in the new one. Yeah, because of who's already ruling over it. Yeah, and a pandemic will end too. Yeah, by one means or another. By one means or another. Jesus will come back and make all things new or life will resume and re get onto a new normal. Or we'll die. Or we'll die. Yeah. Three options. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that we can think of at the moment. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but Jesus is on the throne yes. in the midst of all of them. Yes. And Jesus reigns and he is Lord and he's with us. And in the meantime, our call is still to go out and proclaim the gospel everywhere, accompanied by the Lord Jesus himself working through us. And that's such a privilege and such a joy for us. I've noticed that your voice and diction does a certain thing at the 22 minute mark. Does it? And it's a kind of like, all right, enough of this. Um, <laughs> but there's always a crescendo. Uh, uh, and probably my observation of that has spoiled the crescendo this week a little bit. Perhaps, but, perhaps, um, yeah. I didn't notice that. I, I feel that the listener who's doggedly been with us through these 10 episodes will appreciate that that observation. Um, <laughs> we'll probably keep doing a few of these, but the, the real uh, thing now is that we can be back together a lot more than we've been in the last few yes. eight weeks. And, and we're rejoicing. We are rejoicing. We're rejoicing. We're reading the Bible. We're drinking bourbon. We're walking dogs. And, uh, and these are all really great things. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. This has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel, and we will see you again. God bless. <laughs>